What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. So join us as we explore the Heartland's best and most honest voices. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of 17 County. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. Doing this helps us grow our podcast, so we really appreciate the help from our listeners. We would also like to take the time to thank our members. Without these great members, we wouldn't be able to do what we do at the YCDC. We'd like to thank AgriProducts, Henderson State Bank, York State Bank, Green Realty and Auction, Midwest Bank, Perennial Public Power District, and York Cold Storage. Members can see, be seen on the member directory page at yorkdevco.com. That's yorkdevco.com. Let's get to the interview. Sue Crawford is York City Administrator um, and has a passion for public service. She has a unique past, having worked in multiple different areas and loves the opportunity to be creative within her profession. Um, thank you, Sue, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get started with just some this or that, some light conversation. Um, would you say you're more of a comfort food or seafood type of person? Seafood. Seafood. Okay. Cats or dogs? Dogs. I agree with that yes. one. <laughs> Controversial. Never had a cat. Never had oh, really? Okay. You know. Um, City or country? That's a tough one because I love a lot of both. And that's part of why I love York because you are very close to both. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, 100%. Um, arts or sports? Mm, also very tough. <laughs> I, I enjoy both a great deal. Um, I have to lean just a little to the arts. but Okay. Do you have specific you know, categories of arts that you like? Well, one thing that's great here at York is the performing arts. Absolutely, so we yeah. really, I think, a surprising amount of opportunities for people to see um, different versions of performing arts from choirs to plays, other things. So like this weekend, we've got York University has a uh, play on. And just recently, my husband and I were at the Yorkshire Playhouse. Okay. So just lots of great opportunities. Yeah, yeah, there really is. And it's kind of surprises some people, I think, mm -hmm. how many uh, fine arts things there are around mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. um, lake or ocean? Ocean. Okay. It's harder to get to. <laughs> a little bit more of a drive. <laughs> okay, so we're just going to jump right into sure. the interview session. Excellent. Thank you. Um, so you just recently moved to York. What brought you this way? I moved to York to accept the city administrator position. So I have been in Nebraska for over 26 years. So a job at Creighton is what drew me to Nebraska. And then this job as a city administrator is what drew me here. And um, I had great conversations with people about the city and, and what it was like to be here. I grew up about 20 miles from the town of Maryville, Missouri, which is similar sized. So I was very familiar with that kind of uh, town. But York has a lot more uh, retail and some other interesting things that go on because of its location. So it was the job at first, and I only learned about the job 
from a LinkedIn conversation. Oh, wow. So I had been in the legislature, as we'll probably talk about in a minute. And my teach, my, my classes that I teach at Creighton are about public management, which is very much like the job of a city administrator. And I was thinking perhaps that would be a direction to go in the future. And I um, saw that somebody who had connected with me on LinkedIn was a retired city administrator. Okay. So doing what I advise my students to do, if you're interested in a job, you should reach out to somebody who has that job and ask to have 30 minutes with them. So that's what I did. And it was a lovely conversation that I had with this person. And um, he also was connected to Lisa Hurley here in this community and advised me to chat with her about York and also said, well, I think there's a job opening in York. And so that's how I learned about the job opening in the first place. So people tell you how important networking is in to create opportunities for yourself. It's really true. Yeah. I mean, it really is all about who you know. And I think we had another person that talked in depth about it's all about that conversation. It's mm-hmm. all about asking questions. So right. yeah, you're living proof of that. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Because exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you talked a little about a little bit about your time in legislation. What is it like being a legislator? What is your day-to-day life like? So it's been interesting to me to see the similarities between the day-to-day life, day-to-day life in the legislature and day-to-day life as a seat administrator. And uh, important similarity is that in both cases, it's a very hectic day. So, you know, it's going to be hectic going in. That's fine. I love hectic. Um, As long as I have time to rest after. So I don't want to come across as a workaholic, but (laughs) hectic during the day is great. And the other thing about it is in both cases, you're jumping from issue to issue all day. So you might be talking about the sewers and then five minutes later, you're talking about tourism. Five minutes later, you're talking about a tennis court. You know, five minutes later, you're talking about the airport. Uh, And that was true in the legislature as well. You go from bill to bill or hearing to hearing, very different things. And so you get a chance to be a part of a wide variety of activities and opportunities that are going on. And you're not the one doing the day-to-day work to make those things happen. Mm -hmm. You're in a situation in both cases where you're trying to see what's needed to help the people who are the people who are doing that work on the ground day-to-day. Like, what do I need to do to make sure they have the resources that they need or What do we need to be aware of um, to try to prevent a future problem in this area? You know, in what way is state law getting in the way of something that needs to happen? Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting to hear about. I mean, never a boring day, for sure. (laughs) Always something new. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think especially as a city administrator, there's a lot of people that don't realize how much goes into it and it's a lot of time and a lot of effort and I have a lot of respect for you you're doing a great job but yeah and it's it's in both cases also it's really the team that makes things happen so I am able to spend a lot more time on creative opportunities because I have an awesome team 
that make sure that the day-to-day things are covered. You know, so we can really um, have opportunities to brainstorm and dream and scheme uh, because the basics are being taken care of well and the team is very creative. So they're in, they're ready and willing to go into thinking about how to move forward in creative ways. And similarly, the legislature had an awesome team there, you know, that was taking care of the basics Mm -hmm. and making sure that we were setting ourselves up to excel by making sure the bases were covered, making sure we're doing our research, you know, in both cases. So the difference is in the legislature, back, you know, from the basics on civics and the legislature and the legislative dis- legislative branch, right? So you're thinking and making rules that other people that other people carry out and creating resources and programs that other people carry out. So now I'm in the executive branch, <laughs> so I get to carry them out, which is a lot of fun. Um, and also the executive branch is sets priorities in many ways. So it's a more of a big picture, trying to shape the direction and uh, with uh, in cooperation and partnership with the mayor, um, who does an awesome job of thinking big and thinking in that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of full, full circle. I mean, right, right. You see them and then you get to yeah. implement them. Yeah. And yeah, no, that's really. I don't think I'm going to be a judge. So I think okay. I'll leave that branch alone. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not, not for you. Not the right fit. Right. Not the right fit. Since 1882, York residents have looked to Cornerstone Bank for all of their banking needs. Visit any of our 46 locations throughout Nebraska to discover the Cornerstone difference. Cornerstone Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Um, So we're going to take a couple steps back. Um, Tell me about growing up. You grew up on or near a farm, right? Correct, correct. So I grew up on a farm. About 20 miles from Maryville, as I said at the beginning, about 20 miles from where I went to school, which was Grant City, Missouri. So uh, Grant City, Missouri had about 1,000 people, and so it was a pretty small school. And so I enjoyed that. We Living out in the country, the great thing about that is there's lots of privacy, lots of room to explore and create. and then the, being in a small school, you had an opportunity to do lots of different activities. So you could play basketball and be a cheerleader and play softball and be an FBLA. You could do all of these things. And it was a chance to really explore lots of different things. And that the smaller school lended itself to that. And I hear people talk about that even here in New York. Oh, absolutely. That it, it's a larger community, but still small enough that that uh, students can do lots of different activities and excel in them. So that's a fun part of being in a smaller school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then um, the, so that was great opportunity and, and a great opportunity to, like I said, have a variety of kinds of things that you get to learn about and do. And, and then we lived about two hours from, Des Moines, Kansas City, Omaha. So it took us a little while to get to the city. Right. A little drive. But but it was doable, right? Right. Right. But not as close as here in New York, where it's pretty close to get to Omaha and Lincoln, very, very nearby. 
Yeah. And I know compared to a lot of places, we're very blessed because we have all the necessities within York. Right. Right. I mean, you can go to Lincoln or Grand Island or wherever. It's not very far. Right. But you don't need to. So I know a lot of people really appreciate that. Right. It's a good balance. Like I said at the beginning, it's a good balance of country and city. Yeah. Small town friendliness in between. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So you talked a little bit about your experience at Creighton and your experience in the legislature. What was, I guess, your career pathway in general? Um, Worked on a farm, I'm assuming. Grew up. It kind of goes hand in hand. Um, What happened after that? What what was your career path like? So grew up on a farm and went to a small school. And in that atmosphere, the career options that you see um, are more limited. And I'm so grateful that I think our schools have done a much better job of trying to really beef that up for students so they see more opportunities. Um, You know, what I saw is teacher, farmer, maybe some nurses in there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I had great math teachers. So I, in high school, thought, that I wanted to be a math teacher. So I was going to be a math teacher and marry a farmer. Sorry, that was a good combination. So that was the plan. That was the high school plan. Yeah. Which, I mean, if that's what you know, that's what you know. That's okay. and, yeah. and it's a great plan. Just didn't work out that way in my case. But uh, so that was the plan. I went to um, what's now Truman State. It was Northeast Missouri State at the time, which was a, a great place to be. And it was going through a transition at the time um, from being a regional university to being the state liberal arts university. Oh, so I had a chance there really to fall in love with the idea of liberal arts learning and university learning. And also I had an early education class that required that we go spend some time in a middle school. And so all of those things combined to have me change my mind to say I'd rather teach at the university level. So, uh, and then also, I, as you get to the university, one of the great things you see is you see that there's so much more to the subjects that you got introduced to in high school. So I got to see there's so much more to the social sciences than I thought coming from a small school. And that also, they also do math. So it was... So I really leaned that direction and decided what I'd like to do is to teach political science at the university level. So I went to um, Indiana University in Bloomington and got my doctorate there. And out of that, from that, I was very fortunate to land at Creighton as my first position. And so I was very fortunate to be in a tenure track position right out of graduate school. And it was a great, it was a great place to be. So it's, it's a small, complex university. So you have, just like in my high school, you have a chance there to do a lot of different things because it's smaller and, and it's very complex. So you have chances to build relationships with the law professors and um, medical school professors and things. So you get a chance to be in a very interesting um, um, milieu of people with have different interests. And I focused on some research and religion. And so that also, there were a lot of people that are interested in that topic. So, yeah. So I was there and also, like I said, variety. There's the theme again. Being at a liberal arts university, I knew I would be able to do a lot of different things. And that is what actually happened, as opposed to being in a university where you might 
be in a very narrow field. Yeah. So I appreciated and went to Creighton for the reason of having variety. So um, that was a great experience. And one of my passions had been has been getting students involved and seeing how their learning could apply to make the world a better place, to improve their communities. So uh, some of my research was very abstract, but a lot of my teaching was very hands-on. Mm-hmm. And I love both of those things. Variety again. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, and so I'd always encourage them to be involved. And, and I had not really been that involved politically myself before. Uh, in part, as a political science professor, I tried to make sure that I was representing both sides and, you know, um, letting students feel comfortable knowing they could argue both sides of, of a case. So, um, so it just happened that I was at a Creighton event and um, there, uh, the senator who represented the area where I lived was, prior to term limits, was an education professor at Creighton. So I was at an event in 2011 and he was there with his wife. And they just happened to be at a table. Nobody else was talking to them. So just walk over to the table and thanked him for his service. Gratitude. Good principle. Uh, Thanked him for his service. And he looked at me and he said, do you still live there? I said, yes. Have you ever thought of running for office? I said, not really. <laughs> Maybe someday. So that was the trick. Maybe someday. <laughs> Put a bug in his right, hair. Right. Yeah. So, so then he uh, called back and asked if we could have lunch to talk about this. Back to networking is the theme. So I was like, well, may as well, right? I mean, it's important to build relationships. Maybe if I want to run for office in 10 years, you know. This will be an important person to be able to work with. Right. <laughs> so I go to the lunch meeting with the thought that I'm going to talk to him about a 10-year plan for maybe down the road running for a political office. <laughs> and that's not what happens if he left the lunch. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so very good, though. I mean, I... I teach gender and politics. I taught at Creighton, right? Mm-hmm. And so I found myself falling into all of the things that prevent women from running for office. Like I was, even though I taught it and I should have known all that, still I found myself falling into that. You know, like kids are too young. I need to do something else first, right? There are so, right. so what we side note, what we know about and from political science about why there are, are fewer women in elected office is that fewer women run. Yeah, right. And there are certain, um, you know, and and there are patterns of how women talk themselves out of running, right? And I was in the process of doing that myself. <laughs> yeah. If women run, they're equally successful, equally likely to raise money. It's really a pipeline issue. That's side lesson for the yeah. day. <laughs> no, very interesting. And, so it is yeah. important. And, Absolutely. And part of what that experience taught me was the importance of asking people when you see something in someone else and you see they would be great for a position to ask them and recognize they're going to say no. Mm-hmm. So you get ready to ask them again. <laughs> it doesn't just it's stop there. Right, right? Yeah. To be pesky, but 
you know, sometimes you have to help someone see how they're a good fit. And they, if they haven't thought of doing that before, it's not in their, you know, it takes a while for them to catch on. Right. And sometimes in political recruiting, we say it sometimes takes six or seven conversations. Man. Right? So you have yeah, that's a commitment. Yeah, yeah. And so he talked to me again. So that's two. And then, you know, he had other people talk to me. Right. It take people. And I actually had taught somebody uh, at Creighton who was in the legislature. So he talked to me, you know, so it, it takes a while for somebody to be willing to step into something. And the riskier the thing, the more convincing it takes right? to run for offices. It's intimidating. It's, you know, it, it, it's really putting yourself out there. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm grateful that he was persistent. And I try to remember that myself in terms of recruiting other people. So yeah. Long, so long story short, that's how I decided to run. And much to everyone's surprise, I won. And <laughs> well, even the person who recruited me admitted later, I really think you had a challenge. <laughs> Ouch. Man. Okay. I was like, okay. And even when I decided to run, I knew it was a long shot. Right. So I knew it was important to go into it as an opportunity to learn. And other people had given me the wise advice that you need to go into campaign with idea of what you're going to get out of it besides winning. Right. So if you don't, it's a huge commitment. And if the only thing that you're thinking about is winning as your only goal, Mm -hmm. well, you know there's a chance that that you won't reach that goal. Right. So it's important to set other goals. Yeah. And so one of my goals was to get new people involved, which was a good fit for my political science passion. Right. right? And so that was fun to see. So I could enjoy that in terms of seeing people who had never had a yard sign or who had never given to campaigns, step up and do that and be happy about that and see the those those goals met yeah so anyway so I did win which is great and I really enjoyed that opportunity Creighton allowed me to keep my job at Creighton while I did that so that was another lesson learned in terms of encouraging people who want to be involved at any level to consider having that conversation with their employer right because you might think it's not doable but in some cases, for many employers, it's very good for them for you to be on the county commission, you know, or school board or state legislature. And they may very well be willing to talk to you about how to make that happen. And I was right. grateful that Creighton was able to have that conversation with me. So I did that and was there for four years. Great experience. Ran again. Was able to win again. So that um, was a great experience on learning um what the legislative side politics looks like and and seeing what a difference you can make so i mean you are making the laws that yeah shape what can and cannot happen and you're making decisions about how programs are run in terms of who has opportunities and who doesn't so it was very um awe-inspiring in the way of sense of like wow i mean these are opportunities to really make a huge difference in the opportunity space for other people. So, and in that, I, I really enjoyed being able to do that. So when you're teaching, you are making a big difference in people's lives, but it's a much more long-term commitment. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't always see where that pays off. Occasionally you'll have a student that comes back and says, oh, you know, what I learned in your class was really powerful and here's how it impacted me. 
that doesn't happen that often, you know. Right. Uh, so in the legislature, you could see when you pass something, you could really see what it was. And some of that is also long term. But still, you could really you could have a feel for the impact that you're having on many people by the work that you're doing and the research you're doing. So I, I really enjoyed that public service part. So I got so I, when I was term limited out, went back to Creighton, had a good year there um, amidst COVID, which is a whole different story. <laughs> oh uh, and then, uh, but I started thinking I'd like to move some to a position where I could have the public service aspect mm. in, in a way where I could feel I was really contributing. And the administrative side appealed to me because of my interests and expertise in that, as opposed to running for a different office. Right. So I decided I didn't want to run for a different office. I wanted to look for an administrative opportunity. And city administrator was a good fit. Yeah. And then I already told you the story about yeah. <laughs> how I found out about this position specifically. But that's my path to city administrator right. position, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, I know that you have done a lot. And you guys, I mean, you have a lot of really big projects going on mm-hmm. right now. Um so the one that I know a lot of people have heard about and there's a lot of excitement about is the big grant that just right. got awarded. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So part of the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act was a program to allow communities to rebuild infrastructure in ways that improve sustainability and equity. So the grant materials said that rural communities, quote, may not have, quote, end quote, to match 20% like most communities do, mm-hmm. right? So thought, all right, I'm going to take advantage of that. We're going to put in a big, ambitious project. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll make some match, you know, we'll show, we'll put some skin in the game, but it will mostly be something that we would never, ever be able to do yeah. absent this kind of grant. And actually, that's also part of what the the grant material said. Like this grant is for a game changing opportunity for communities who have had something in their infrastructure pipeline that wouldn't happen absent this kind of funding. And so, well, our project was a great fit for that because there have been many conversations about expanding trails in York, and I could point to other places where that conversation had happened. So I could make the case to them, this is something that has been on our wish list for a long time. Um, And it is also something that will never happen, or at least it won't happen in a very rapidly (laughs) absent game-changing kinds of uh, funding. And then also we made the case that it's important in terms of equity and sustainability. We, one of the Parts of the grant was asking if it would help people um, who don't have access to cars uh, or help reduce car dependency, auto dependency. And we have a very good case for that. Uh, We have a lot of employers down near the interstate and a lot of people, students that live, uh, you know, a ways away. And we sometimes see that people are walking or riding their bike right along I-80, not a safest place to be walking or riding your bike. And probably many students, other people who just may not take those jobs because of the transportation challenge. 
So I thought we have a very compelling case for that. We clearly have a situation where um, a trail that goes from um, the mid-York to the interstate exchange is going to make a big impact for a lot of families. And then the rest of us who live here, uh, who are able, you know, who have cars, whatever, we're just going to be able to enjoy them recreationally and enjoy getting to getting places sometimes by walking or biking that we otherwise would have driven. So the project is, big part is trails to get down to the interstate area, but it also develops trails in other parts of York. And another big challenge that we've had is helping people who are down at the interstate exchange get from business to business, especially across 81. So uh, there was a document that I read, you know, that people had put together a strategic plan back in the early 2000s. And they were talking about how many school buses stop at York because we have people going competitions across the state. York is a great place to stop. And they park on one side of 80 and 81, excuse me, and then students are trying to race across you know, to get to the other side. So we want to make it easy for people to stop here. And some people can go to businesses on one side. Other people can go to business on the other side in a safe way. Mm -hmm. um, so we, the pedestrian overpass is a big part of the project. So we're going to build some kind of great bridge over 81 so people can get from um, one side, the businesses on one side of the road to the other. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's all very much needed. I grew up in York. Okay. So yeah, I can say there were a couple times that I raced across <laughs> that very unsafe. Uh, yeah. It's a good idea. Definitely good. And we have a, a lot of traffic that comes through York. So one of the studies uh, we saw from the Nebraska Department of Transportation is 28 million vehicles wow. in a year. Wow. coming through this interchange, either I-80 or 81, right? And so it's a lot of people who come through York. And so this gives them another reason to stop here as they're coming through. And hopefully, fingers crossed, you know, we'll get 81 to be four lane. Yeah. some point. Uh, it is on the master plan. I've seen it with my own eyes, but uh, hopefully we can find ways to speed it up. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> it would be nice. Um, so another big project that's going on is, uh, the solar power project for York. Um, I know that's a, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a partnership with NPPD. Correct. Can you talk correct. a little about, about what all that would do? Absolutely. So just yesterday, we had a chance to celebrate our go live with the solar project. So it's a collaboration between the city of York, NPPD, and GRNE Solar. So NPPD is the partner who contracted, to who picked the private partner as part of the collaboration. We have just come alongside NPPD with this project. And basically we had land at the landfill that doesn't have other valuable uses. So the, our part, of the, part of our partnership was to provide the land for the solar panels. And NPPD then uh, worked with GRNE to you know, get the solar panel project set up. And we were out there yesterday, and there are between 9,000 and 10,000 solar panels. Wow. So it's a huge project. But you just you don't see it because there are trees all around it. So right. it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful project. And the other fun 
technological uh, detail they talked about yesterday was the fact that these solar panels um, gather solar power on the on the top or the front as well as the back. So if you have snow or something, all that solar power is reflecting as well as the panels are next to one another. And so some of the some of the light that reflects off of one panel will shine onto the back of the other one. And so we're gathering energy from the front and the back of those panels, which is, I thought, a fun, fun fact. Wow. So the then the collaboration between, so those important collaboration between MPBD, the City of York, and GRNE Solar. The city then um, gets an opportunity to decide how to distribute the solar shares that come out of that project. And so the city of York decided to focus those solar shares on our public entities so that everybody had a chance to be a part of this project. So in some communities, they decide by lottery or other methods, and some people get them and some people don't. So at the Mayor Redfern's recommendation, that was a very wise one, is to make have those solar shares available to our public entities so everybody gets to feel a part of the project. So um, here in, starting here in October, all of the energy used by the city, electric energy used by the city, and York Public Schools, and York County in its buildings in the city, and we had a little bit left, so and holds a field house, which is another community entity <laughs> with York University. All of that energy is solar powered now. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So one, it's, it's a fabulous opportunity um, to improve sustainability. Second, it also saves money. So the solar shares, um, those that energy costs less than other energy. And the other advantage of it is that it remains stable for 30 years. Oh, wow. So where other energy prices will probably go up, we have savings now, but those savings will continue to grow over the next 30 years. So it's a very fun project. I'm excited to be a part of it, excited that the City of York is a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I guess I didn't know it was that widespread. That's that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So we're going to move on. We're just going to do some rapid fire. Sure. Whatever comes okay. to your brain first. Okay. Um, favorite music genre. So I, I like upbeat Christian music. Okay. Very. Yeah, I agree. Good music. Um, what is your favorite way to spend a day off? Outside, walking, some gardening, maybe. Okay. Um, favorite memory in York County so far? Boy, that's hard. I, there's so many. So, okay, I'll just make a recent one. We just recently, you know, had this great um, go live celebration. It was fun. We had the school, people from the school there, people from the county there, people from the business community there, it, and people from the city there. And we were all out celebrating fun new thing that we've been able to bring there by all working together. Yeah. I'll call that my favorite memory. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, a great project. So something to be proud of, definitely. Um, Favorite candy bar? Snickers. Okay. Is there a reason? Or just like mm-hmm. it? Just like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> because, Fair. you know, really, the, the my favorite way of, if I was just eating a candy bar, favorite yeah. way of 
eating candy generally is mixed in ice cream. So Snickers are not as good for that. So, right, you know, okay. favorite candy bar in the ice cream context is Reese's. <laughs> I can agree with that one. I 100% agree with that. Glad you have eat candy bars outside of the ice cream context that often. So probably in all fairness, see, it would be Reese's. So okay. see, I'm not very good at these short questions. And he's always trying to analyze. <laughs> I mean, some interesting questions are hard to answer. Like this next one, I think is going to throw us for a little year. Favorite county-wide or local event? Sip and stroll. Sip and stroll. Okay. That one is amazing. I, Yeah. That it's one is very fun. Cool. It's, it's good. It's good for the businesses and it's fun to see other people walking around the, you know, the, the square, walking around downtown, checking out businesses you might not have seen before and just chatting with one another and enjoying a nice, beautiful evening yeah. together as a community. Absolutely. It makes downtown just light up. I mean, mm-hmm. all the people there and everyone's in good spirits. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's a, it's a really, really good event. Yeah. Um, so moving on, okay. we are going to talk about what's making us happy. What's going on now? So anything exciting on the horizon? So Monday, uh, 10, 11, channel 10, 11 will be in town recording, uh, stories about York and in, in our case, the city of York specifically what's going on and what what's happening there and then in december for a whole week york will be the focus for the 1011 project which is called our town so they pick different communities in nebraska and they get featured for a week so in december um i think maybe it's the second week of december in december we're going to be the our town focus for a week. So people in Lincoln, other people who watch that station will get a chance to learn about all kinds of fun things that are going on in York for that week. Yeah, I'm excited to see some of those stories too. I mean, I think you can kind of know about a lot, but sitting down and actually getting like the nitty gritty, you know, like more interesting details. I'm I'm really excited about that. And for anyone that doesn't know, 1011 is a news station that is in this area. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very exciting. Um, any final thoughts, words of wisdom? Well, I think the key, the key focus that's been part of our conversation is the importance of networking, talking to other people, asking questions, asking people about opportunities that you think you might like to be a part of and encouraging other people to take advantage of opportunities and see ways they might be able to contribute that they hadn't considered before. And I know that might take a few conversations. <laughs> More than one, definitely. More than one conversation. Yeah. Don't give up after you ask someone one time. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, Thank you for joining me Thank for the you. podcast. Very appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. And on behalf of, I'm sure, a lot of different people, thank you for everything that you do for the community, all your thank involvement. You. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We would like to take the time to once again thank our members. Without these great members, we really wouldn't be able to do what we do here at the YCDC. We'd like to thank Cornerstone Bank, Agriproducts, Henderson State Bank, York State Bank, Community Title Company, Overland Ready Mix Company, and York Cold Storage. We really appreciate all the support that our members are able to give us and can't thank them enough for making what we do possible.
This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thank you.